Welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture biology podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery. And today we're getting spooky and talking about Halloween. The holiday, not yeah. the not the scary movie. Not the scary movie, Cause, no, because we don't do that kind of if thing. You, if you listen to our episode from two weeks ago, you know that we don't really do scary things. But no. we do do Halloween. Yeah. We get spooky, spooky. not scary. Yeah. Yeah. And like, spooky, spooky. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the history of Halloween. Again, the holiday, not the Jamie Lee Curtis movie. Um, it dates back to an annual Celtic, Celtic festival, not basketball. <laughs> And who lived over 2,000 years ago, mostly in uh, Ireland and the UK and France. And they celebrated their New Year on November 1st. It marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter. Shivered. Um, a time that was also often associated with human death. Oh. Oh, how fun. The, so October 31st was Sowen, which was believed it was when the ghosts of the dead returned to the earth. So very kind of similar to what I know at least about... Yeah. Of the Dead, which is November 1st. Yeah. But in a very different part of the world. Yeah. Although, I don't know if Day of the Dead started with Native Mexicans or Spanish Mexicans, or if there's like a bit of fusion in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like looking at this history thing, it's talking about like burning, you know, like burning crops, like to prepare for the, like Mm -hmm. prepare fields for for the winter winter and um, sacrifices and that, and they wore costumes consisting of animal heads and skins and attempted to tell each other's fortunes. Yeah. So except for the costumes, you know, not usually being made of dead animals, it's not that different. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. And there was a bunch of other things. The Romans also commemorated the passing of the dead called, uh, on a day called Feralia on a day in late October. Um, and also another god, uh, Pomona, which was the Roman goddess of fruits and trees, so they had a lot of celebrations in October as well, and that was uh, thought to be the symbol of Pomona was the apple. So um, the Celtic um, celebration and um, explains traditions of bobbing for apples, Ugh, which is which fun. Is the worst activity. No, it's horrible. I hate so it. So gross. <laughs> um, and then, like, the tradition is fun, and then... Yeah. yeah. And then the reality um, is gross. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a lot more history that I'm not going to go into. If you're really interested, you can look in our show notes. Uh, history of trick-or-treating, how Halloween comes to America, which is... Fascinating when you think about it, because Halloween for a long time wasn't celebrated in the UK, like in the 20th century. Yeah. And now it kind of is a feel from, like, peer pressure. Yeah, and, like, <laughs> kids seeing it on pop culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, it's kind of the things that you expect the history of Halloween. Yeah. That's cool. Lots huh. of things. And, like, similar to other holidays, a lot of traditions were brought in from a lot of different backgrounds and that's kind of how things are in the new world and even within canada like as like both of us grew up in bc and we always did fireworks or firecrackers firecrackers on halloween but then other parts of canada that's like super not a thing yeah but that's because the other parts of canada were frozen that's true um like my friend but even in the states i don't think they do it no but in the states they go trick-or-treating at like four o'clock yeah they go in the daytime um but my friends my sister's friend went as an albertan child for halloween once and wore a snowsuit with a costume over top um which is so classic of the rest of canada like we had to wear rain jackets over our princess dresses all the time and it was really upsetting because people were like i would had a hat on and they're like are you a baseball player i'm like you're the princess (laughs) 
that probably spiked. Sorry, everybody, but it still bothers me. I don't know, 30 years later. But it, oh, um, well. Anyway, do you want to tell us a little something about our favorite uh, Halloween icon? Yeah, so we were looking at Halloween stuff and figured we'd talk about like some nature-y, science-y, biology stuff about mm-hmm. Halloween. So I'm going to start with black cats. Um, I normally would pick bats, but I feel like we've talked about bats a lot. And we just did. episode. We just talked about bats in our last episode, and then we talked a bunch about bats in uh, Fern Gully. Yeah, forgot about that. So um, I'm going to talk about black cats. And so black cats are just a bunch of different varieties of regular house cats. Like there's a bunch of different um, breeds that can end up with all black or mostly black fur, which is cool. I had a mostly black cat when I was a kid. I had. I don't know if he was officially a tuxedo cat. Mm. Um, he definitely had some Siamese in him. Yeah. Um, judging from his. Uh, meow, yeah. but he was a black and white, but I don't know what makes an official tuxedo. My sister's cats are tuxedo cats. I have no idea. I don't no, know anything no. about cat breeds. Um, yeah, our cat was, he was mostly black, but his fur was like ticked, so it was like different colors along each oh, hair. Yeah. You're so cute. Um, so yeah, the folk- folklore of black cats actually isn't consistently that they're bad luck. In Scotland and lots of parts of Britain, a black cat's arrival signifies prosperity, so it's like good luck. Um, in Celtic mythology, there's a fairy known as a cat seeth that takes the form of a black cat. Um, even also in Japan, black cats are considered good luck. Ooh, also a cat, a lady who owns a black cat will have many suitors. Ooh, this guy's going to get myself a black Mm. cat. But then in other parts of Western history, like I think in other parts of Europe and stuff, black cats are considered bad luck. And then, um, also considered to be the, the familiar of witches, which is probably, also related to the lots of suitors thing. Yeah. Women that had lots of suitors were also thought to be witches. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's interesting, because, like, how all of those things evolved yeah. kind of hand in hand, similar to what we were talking about with vampires. Yeah. Like, just, like, where did all this stuff come from? Like, yeah, suitors, black cats. Why is, witches. It, why is it that witches have black cats? Yeah. Um, and then in, like, Germany and I think other parts, if a black cat crosses your path, from right to left, it's bad luck. But from left to right, it's good luck. Like, how do you keep track of all these things? I don't know. And what if it's, like, coming right at you? Or, like, diagonally? Yeah, it's yeah. a cat. It doesn't walk, <laughs> it's straight. walk in straight lines. Goodness gracious, no. Um, so because of all of this cat folklore stuff... Oh, and then there's also the black cat who can um, change into human shape to act as a spy for witches and demons. Oh. But that's black, not calico, uh, like, McGonagall. No. No, specifically black cats. Okay. So, yeah, and then the the pilgrims, when they came to the States, uh, viewed black cats as uh, familiars or witches and basically kill black cats because they thought they were part demon and part sorcery. Um, Yeah. So because of all of this, there has been sort of like this thing that like people around Halloween should keep their black cat inside because they're worried about like crazy, gross teenagers probably. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like doing bad things to black cats and then lots of shelters and pet stores and stuff won't adopt out um, black cats around Halloween, um, which I think the publicity of that not happening probably like would lead to more people thinking that they should do something like, yeah. oh, the mystery around black cats. Mm-hmm. But then I was also reading that a lot of shelters won't adopt out black cats, not because they're worried about any harm coming to the cat directly but because they are worried that people are adopting a cat to be like a prop for their yeah for their costume costume and then return it or then like abandon it or just kind of neglect it buying bunnies exactly buying bunnies at easter but then also some shelters are doing like a good publicity thing and basically doing like um 
uh, free adoptions of black cats around Halloween. Oh, yeah. If they, you know, so it just depends. Like, they're, so they're trying to, like, push back on that stereotype. Cause, well, yeah. I know a lot of, um, I think there's a thing just all year round. A lot of people don't want mm-hmm. to adopt black yeah, cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, the stereotypes. So they do a lot of things like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so good. if you want to adopt a cat, don't judge the black ones. They're just yeah. cats. Who... And also, they... They shed the same as other cats, yeah. but less noticeable on your dark clothes than True white story. cats. Yeah. <laughs> also, get a tuxedo cat, and there's a good chance you'll get a pretty awesome mustache, <laughs> or bow tie, or and, or socks. So, yeah, yeah, fun yeah. marks. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what I got to say about black cats. They're not any scarier than other cats. All right, so Lindsay's going to talk about a botanical Halloween tradition. Can you guess what it is? Mm. <laughs> Mm, it's leaves. <laughs> oh, no, silly. I want to talk about pumpkins. Yay! It's actually the day we're recording this is National Pumpkin Day, which there's a bunch of like weird fake social media holidays in the lead up week. Yeah. Like there's Chocolate Day and Candy Corn Day and <laughs> Pumpkin Day. And I'm like, okay. I don't think they need their own days. But anyway, that's just my other job talking. Um, So pumpkins are a, are a squash or a gourd. I don't know. Well, I guess squash gourds is interchangeable, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Two words for the same thing. Yeah. Um, and they, if you need some description, they're round with smooth, slightly ribbed skin and are often a deep yellow or orange. They contain seeds and pulp, um, which I'm sure you know. Um, they are also similar to other winter squash um, that are also sometimes called pumpkins, which is probably why you get the different kinds of things. Mm. And also there's some super genetic breeding. Uh, we get the white ones and all that Oh, and they have these, like, bluish-greeny, they were calling them, like, ghost pumpkins or zombie pumpkins. They were, like, a pale bluish-green. Um, pumpkins are grown all around the world for a variety of reasons, ranging from agriculture, such as animal food, to commercial and ornamental status, as you can imagine. Um, out of the entire world, only Antarctica... Antarctica is the only continent that is unable to produce pumpkins. I can't imagine why. Yeah, I think that's the only continent unable to produce <laughs> most, most things. things. Um, anyway, they're very popular. In 2017, the world production of pumpkins, including squashes and gourds, was 27 million tons. That's a lot. That's a lot of pumpkins. Um, and it's one of the most popular crops in the States. In 2017, uh, 1.5 billion pounds of pumpkins were produced. And, which is ridiculous and planting and nutrition and you can cook them and have pies and beers and leaves and bread and mm. in seeds and all of that stuff and of course there are jack-o'-lanterns um traditionally the british and ireland people would carve lanterns from vegetables mainly the tump the tr- turnip <laughs> sorry put two words together mainly turnips and a bunch of other ones i've never heard of uh the practice of carving pumpkins for halloween originated from an irish man Irish myth about a man named Stingy Jack, which is probably how jack-o'-lantern became a thing in 1866. Um, and the carved pumpkin in the States was um, associated with harvest in, in general and then became an emblem of Halloween. I know in the States they do a lot of carved pumpkin and then save the pumpkin for yeah. the pie because Thanksgiving is later, um, which is still like a month away. So that feels to gross to me. It, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of things about... Harvest, which makes a lot of sense. It's a very when it's very fall mm-hmm. vegetable, so it celebrates the harvest. Um, I 
don't really like carving pumpkins. I like the idea of it, but I don't like the actual activity of it. Yeah, like, it was fun, obviously, when you're eight or whatever, but it wasn't never my favorite thing because it's just messy and I'm not very good at it. Yeah, I think it's mostly the not very good at it. My dad and my grandfather are really good at carving pumpkins. Yeah. Um, But I... uh... But, like, there's something about the smell, especially with, with mm. the tea light in it. Like, the, yeah. the warm smell of pumpkin insides. Pumpkin flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And then... And I, pumpkin... I love roasting the seeds. Yeah, we... Well, I think we only did it once, and it was kind of lame, but I, that might have been because I was eight. Yeah. And I was like, this doesn't taste like my mini Mars bars. I'm going to go eat those. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. They are quite savory. And they're not as, like... Like, the pumpkin seeds that you buy that are already, like, shelled. Yeah. Are, yeah. They're very different. D- very different. Yes, um, so along with the ridiculous tonnage of pumpkins, there's mm-hmm. also a ridiculous tonnage of pumpkin. Mm. Do you want to talk a little bit about yeah, giant about pumpkins? Gigantic pumpkins. Um, so mostly I wanted to figure out, like, how exactly do you grow a giant pumpkin? Like, what specifically do they do for these gigantic ones? Like, I'm talking the world's record heaviest pumpkin was 1,190 kilograms. In Belgium in 2016, which is like that's insane. Two tons, more than yeah, yeah. more than two tons. Like more two met uh, two imperial tons and yeah. more like more than one uh, metric ton. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. So pumpkins obviously need the three main things: soil, water, sunlight, like plants. But to what, grow and in, me, that's what I need too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, soil, water, and sunlight, and um. But the giant ones, first of all, you have to start with like a cultivar or like a bread, a seed that is has the capacity to grow really yeah. big. And then they need a lot of space. Mm-hmm. They need a lot of water because they're like a pretty wet vegetable, but they also don't want to sit in water. So you need like really, really well-drained soil. Um, they would need a ton of sunlight because they would need to have a lot of energy to grow so big. They would need time. So you need to, re- like, to be in or somewhere that has a really long good growing season mm-hmm. that's not going to get too much rain yeah because they too wet. start in early july yeah so you need to have either a really like a longer summer so you can mm-hmm. start earlier mm-hmm. and it's but it's still warm and wet enough yeah but mm-hmm. i think the big the biggest thing with them is um like they need regular consistent water not like a giant flood yeah. of water because they don't like to sit on wet soil but they want to the plant needs to absorb a lot of water um, and then obviously they need like really nutrient rich soil. So lots of fertilizer, um, and like a good composting soil and then just like patience, right? Like, yeah. and it's that risk of like, do I pick it now in case there's like a freeze or a big mm-hmm. storm or something? Or can it get any bigger? Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's similar to a lot of different kinds of ridiculous mm-hmm. farming competitions and genetic yes yeah. in those kinds of things is that you are the farmer who breeds giant pumpkins because that's yeah. what you decided to do and that's what you're known for now. So yeah. that's what you spend all your yeah. and time on. I feel like to like have a giant pump, like you, because they get so heavy that they start to like weigh themselves down. So you need to, I don't know, like figure out how to like move, how, to, how you're going to transport it. Yeah. And like and all that. before it gets so mm-hmm. big. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Like you definitely get the flukes yeah. of just giant ones that you find randomly but like something but like not. that like ridiculous anything that's going to be entered in yeah. some kind of contest that takes a lot of planning uh, yeah planning and skill and also like a good amount of luck yeah yeah so sarah so, would you say that that giant um almost 2000 kilo, kilo pumpkin was a great pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> um yes it was it would have been a great pumpkin but i those giant pumpkins are not cute no they're not but i'm they're sure not, that like, they would be 
um, considered one of a great pumpkin patch. Yes. By some, a certain, a certain somebody. Great pumpkin. (laughs) So we figured we'd leave you some of our favorite Halloween-y recommendations. So Lindsay, do you want to go first since you've been hinting at it? (laughs) (laughs) You haven't guessed yet. You have no idea what I'm talking about, but, uh, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, adorable classic that I love. It's very mm-hmm. important in my house. All, all so Charlie good. Brown. Um, but it's fun and it's short. It's only half an hour, but it gets you in the spooky mood. Um, <laughs> and there's a, you know, there's a World War One flying ace also. Yeah. So what so else good. could you ask for? So good. Um, mine is not a movie. Mine is actually a song and it's a mashup. Uh, there is a band that... I found out about originally on YouTube because they do like really great YouTube videos and they do original stuff and they also do amazing mashups. And last year for Halloween, they did a monster mashup and it's so good. It's so catchy. Their harmonies are amazing. They do amazing arrangements. I'm just obsessed. It's just the amount of monster mash that you want to listen to. Yeah. Because like listening to the whole actual monster mash song is too much. Yeah. Too much monster mash. But this is great because it's like bits of a bunch of different spooky songs different halloween songs but it's like catchy and cute and like good yeah As so you can listen to the whole thing monster rather mash. than yeah like monster mash or all those other sort of like novelty halloween yeah. songs that are like you can't really listen to more than mm-hmm. five seconds yeah i will say the only one that they don't seem to have it probably just for generic copywriting and stuff is this is halloween Oh, yeah. I don't know why they didn't have It that. might not work because of the, the yeah. beats and the rhythms, because mm-hmm. it's very... Yeah, it's like more Christmassy sounding rather than Halloweeny sounding. I wonder why. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like, so it doesn't fit in with it the Halloween fit in sounds. With it, yeah. Yes, but that would have been cool if they could have figured yeah. that out. But yes, I'm obsessed with Fonkle Moose. And... Yeah, definitely check them out on Spotify yes. or, or YouTube, because they got a lot of really good stuff on there. So good. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Yeah, if you want, if you were concerned that we didn't say spooky enough, um, you can listen to our other Halloween episode about what we do in the shadows, or you can listen to the Halloween spooky episode of the Whale Tales podcast that comes out the day before Halloween, where we talk about spooky whale things. Um, And also, we mentioned in that one, but just we're going to throw it in here to have a green Halloween um, if you can't do anything with costumes or anything like that anymore, cause it's a little bit late and something to keep in mind for next year, sustainable, um, trick or treating bags, sustainable costumes, sustainable decorations for, uh, Halloween celebrations of all ages. Yeah. But also if you live in BC, you can, uh, recycle your candy wrappers, uh, with your soft plastic all the drugs, which is a great way to help keep Halloween less actually scary. Yay! Um, oh. All right. And you can find out more by following us on social media at Nature Finds a Pod, uh, or you can check out our website, naturefindsapod.com. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a uh, return to our usual pop culture, uh, less spooky. Much less spooky. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.